Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahoman's Oklahoma State football podcast. I am your host, Scott Wright, joined today by Joe Masato, filling in for Jacob Unruh, my usual co-host. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Scott. It's a, it's a pleasure to, to be here as we do this walk and talk, leaving yeah. Mountain America Stadium. It's a, a fantastic trip. Obviously, went very good for Oklahoma State. Where uh, this is the uh, the post game edition of the podcast, following Oklahoma State's twenty seven to fifteen victory over Arizona State here in the desert. Very hot day. Very uh, interesting ball game. We'll try to get to uh, as much of it as we can as we uh, as we walk back to our car here tonight, Joe. But um, your first uh, your first time really up close with Oklahoma State, getting to getting to visit with Mike Gundy and then, uh, and some of the players. Your your impressions of the night overall as a whole? Yeah, I mean, a little uneven, a little dicey at the start, but mm-hmm. I thought on both sides of the ball, um, just like a totally different game in, in the second half. Offense started to get some run game going. Defense started tackling better, uh, made some key stops. Everything, you know, whatever adjustments they made at the half seemed to really work. Uh, And and to hold Arizona State scoreless in the second half was was huge after trailing by five at halftime. It really was. It felt like things could go south for this team at at, at any point, the way the, the offense wasn't getting any run game going early exactly zero yards at, at halftime zero in the run in the run game <laughs> pretty ridiculous on 12 12 carries they had nothing to show for it ollie gordon had only touched the ball a couple of times brennan presley as a receiver had only touched the ball a couple of times so they weren't really getting their some of their key playmakers all that involved obviously still the uh, the three quarterback system with alan bowman drawing the uh the uh, I don't know if it's the short straw or the long straw, but uh, but he got he got to go first today. He he was he was the uh, the opener, and uh, and then they went to the lefty out of the bullpen yeah. with with Gunnar Gundy and uh, and Garrett Rangel was the closer. So, um, and from the way Mike Gundy talked, we'll see the three quarterback set up again next week against South Alabama, a six p.m. game back in Stillwater. They're they're sticking to the formula. They um, really they really are. <laughs> they, they know what they want to do with this uh, three quarterback system right now, and it does seem like it's going to go on for at least one more game. I, I guess my my question to you, Scott, and maybe this is an impossible one to answer, is like, how long is this experiment going to last? And like, what do they need to see before they settle on one guy? That's that is the million dollar question. It obviously. Mike Gunny says that he expects it to go on for for one more game. Then you go on the road to Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Seems like you'd like to be more settled by the time you get up there. Obviously, they've got some offensive issues, but they're they're playing pretty solid defense. Um, though they did give up some points to Iowa today, which is uh, you know not necessarily always a good sign <laughs> for your defense. But 
they they play well at home. The, that's always a tough game when, when Oklahoma State goes yeah, up there. Yeah, fans will be fired up for that. Exactly. So you think you'd like to be settled by that point and, and be ready to, to go forward with one guy. And it's... You know, uh, it's it's a scary scenario, not knowing exactly what you might be getting yourself into going forward, because you you, you haven't really settled anything. You haven't let your team find their identity yet, and and that's uh, it's going to lead to some questions. That said, I feel like the bigger concern for this offense remains getting the run game going yeah. consistently, because. You saw in the second half, just like we saw last week in the fourth quarter, when they run the ball, they can move the move the ball pretty well and and go score points when they need to. So it feels like that's the thing they've really got to get solved, regardless of who the quarterback is, Joe. Well, and it like kind of goes hand in hand because you would think that that run game, getting that established, is going to alleviate some pressure off whichever quarterback is in there. Right. Um, so, so, yeah, getting that going is key, just like it was tonight in the second half when they broke off some big runs. I mean, um, I, I, I'm new to this, Scott. You, you know that. But uh, <laughs> when they, they give Ollie Gore in the ball, good things tend to happen. So he was dynamic back there. Um, but kind of like how the, the quarterback room is a little jumbled, it seems like, you know, they're still going with um, kind of a three-man rotation at running back as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. They the the trio of running backs, Ollie Gordon, Jaden Nixon, Elijah Collins, total of 24 carries between the three of them, 124 yards, which if it was one guy you'd be really excited by yeah. by that. And so so the production is there. Uh, but yeah, uh, 7, 8 and 9 carries for for those three guys all balanced out pretty evenly. They're comfortable using any of the three in the passing game. So it's 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 a very interesting scenario because they do all have a little bit of a different style. Nixon's mm-hmm. a little bit more of a speed guy. Um, you know, I think Elijah Collins is probably the the stronger, um, the more physical back, mm-hmm. and and then Ollie can can do a little bit of of all of it. Yeah. So it's an interesting group that they've got, but but they need to solidify the offensive line so that they're not having to wait for halftime adjustments to uh, to get things figured out and, and and try to to progress that way so it's i think the most important thing regardless even even a bigger deal than the quarterback is is getting this offensive line worked out and getting the run game going because that's going to make life so much easier on the quarterback and on offensive coordinator casey dunn so yeah. now i know you got to visit with uh, with brian nardo i didn't get a chance to uh, to to talk to him uh, what were your thoughts on on what he had to say after the game? Well, I, I mainly wrote about just how big the Cowboys came up on fourth downs uh, right. defensively. Um, Arizona State's first three fourth down attempts uh, were all stopped, and those all came in just really crucial parts of the game. And he sort of echoed what Mike Gundy said earlier that uh, Gundy said that they practiced fourth down scenarios defensively more so than in any year in which he's been head coach at OSU. And this comes as more and more teams are comfortable going for it um, on fourth downs. And I, I asked Nardo if he had a favorite stop among the, the fourth down stops. And, and he said it was, it was Arizona State's first drive 
coming out of the second half, mm. um, they had thrown that uh, wildcat look um, at OSU. You know, they I, I don't know if they were totally prepared for it, but he was like, we knew what uh, changes we needed to make. We just had to get to halftime before we made those changes. And then um, on that attempt, fourth and one, they run the wildcat and, and it gets stopped. And that showed him that, you know what, they like really executed what we were telling them at halftime. So that was his favorite among the fourth down stops. I can I can see that because because that wildcat had become really effective. Yeah, it had been really effective from from the jump. And on that play. Uh, you had if I, I watched I watched the replay a few different times, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember right, Justin Kirkland was at, at at nose tackle and takes up two guys, and opens a spot for Colin Oliver to fly through and make the first contact, and then I think Xavier Ross, um, can't remember who else might have been involved in the in the tackle on that play. Yeah, they just swallowed it up. That yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that absolutely was a, uh, a a huge one. And then they turn around and and go down and, and score after that. And and it was uh, it finally felt like there were there was some positive momentum for them as a, as a team after that entire scenario. So thought that was uh, thought that was really important. A uh, few other things that were uh, that were notable. It was uh, earlier earlier in the day today, 111 degrees here. In, very very warm, very warm. Yes, it was still 104 <laughs> at, uh, at, at at kickoff. As we were leaving the press box, we were hearing Arizona State media talking about <laughs> the team's record in triple digit games yeah. when the weather is over triple digits. Uh, you know you're in a, a, a place that's really hot when you're tracking stuff like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a very cool 89 degrees here though at 2:29 a.m. <laughs> local time. It is. It is. And it's a and it's a dry 89. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think allegedly. I didn't think OSU looked too affected if at all by by the heat. I, I right. mean they you know, I I covered the OU game uh, last weekend and Arkansas State was really really struggling with the heat just mm-hmm. guys cramping up and uh seemed like OSU was pretty well conditioned. Yeah, uh, there was one time when I saw Colin Oliver down and being tended to. I couldn't tell exactly if it was a cramp or not, but um, yeah, it, they really didn't have a lot of those issues. I, I mentioned Colin Oliver, and we need to address him because I know you didn't get to see the OSU opener, Joe, but Colin Oliver was much more the type of guy that we thought he could be in this mm-hmm. defense. He, he got the opportunity to step up on the line, rush the passer, which he's he's got such a knack for. Um, just his, his natural ability and his speed, and then and then running around making plays as a uh, as a more traditional linebacker. I think we saw a glimpse of, of what he has a chance to be in this uh, in this defense as an outside linebacker. I think that's going to be very fascinating to watch and and just see the development of him as a linebacker. Yeah, I just um, I, I enjoy hearing him talk too. You know, just oh, like a lot the, of fun to talk is. The, his presence and just seems so comfortable in his role as a leader um, on this defense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to, to watch him in this new role and see what he does. Yeah, going to be really, really interesting. Um, wanted to mention Alex Hale, career-long field goal of 52 yards. He did miss a 49-yarder, but, uh, uh, but still hit the, uh, the career-long. Of fifty-two, hadn't one, hit one. one for two on forty-nine plus. I think they'll take that. That's that's exactly <laughs> right, and that uh, that fifty-two yarder was a, was a big one. He had another twenty-two yarder later in the game, 
uh, or 26, I can't remember exactly, somewhere in the, in the, in the 20s that was uh, also important and, uh, and, and got them on the board, got them going. Yeah, so, those were key kicks. Really important. So, all right, Joe, this brings us to uh, my favorite part of the postgame podcast because, uh, as, as Jacob has learned, I always forget stuff. So the final segment is called The Most Important Thing I Forgot. So uh, I'll give you a second to think um, while, I, uh, while I go to one thing that I think I forgot and then uh, get, get what, you, uh, you might, what might be on top of your mind okay. as far as something I forgot. Yeah, let's but do it. I'm going to go with Brennan Presley because we didn't see him get the ball a lot early on, but they had a perfectly designed play call for him in the fourth quarter when they yeah. really needed it and motion him into the backfield and then pop him out and it just happened to be that there was a uh, an all-out blitz coming and he was wide open mm-hmm. waltzes into the end zone for the final touchdown so um, the ways they're going to use him and the ways they're going to get him involved are really important to this offense I think yeah uh, the one thing I forgot is a really big play Looked like Arizona State um, might have uh, taken one to, to the house when they just yeah. a really bad drop from their receiver on a crossing route down the middle of the field. And for as good as Oklahoma State's defense was in the second half, that one could have been kind of a backbreaker. So they played great defense, but uh, you got to have some luck on your side as well. And that's yep. that's a big one they avoided. Yeah, and, you know, I, I wrote briefly about this, and, and Colin Oliver talked about it, that this was uh, very reminiscent of their trip to Boise State in 2021. They had a moment sort of like that with mm-hmm. a fumble that was, uh, that was uh, and there was an inadvertent whistle that killed the play. And, and so you have moments like that that are going to go for you and against you, yeah. and it's all about timing, and, and that, one, that one helped, just like that one in, in Boise State helped. So... Uh, but it, it has been really interesting to see the dynamics between the 2021 season uh, in the non-conference and, and this year mm-hmm. because today felt a lot like that trip up to Boise State in 2021. So very interesting stuff. All right, Joe, with that, I think we've, uh, well, we're, we've arrived at the car. We're here. So that means the, uh, the, the show is over. So thank you very much for joining me on the Cowboy Chronicles, and thanks to all of you who listened tonight. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.